You are listening to the To and Out CFL Podcast, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Now, I mean, we're both in, in Edmonton, and um, we absolutely love it here and uh, wouldn't want to have it any other way. Well, now she's got to know that it's better than Regina or Winnipeg, right? <laughs> well, oh, she's fully, she fully understands. She's fully aware. We had to educate her up here. <laughs> And uh, she, knows, she knows the deal now. Yeah. Grab some poutine and a double-double. It's time for the To It Out CFL Podcast. Now they have to kick it out, and they do! Every week, Travis Curra. Does anybody still care about this podcast? And Brazilian Tide. Hunters are people, too. Talk fantasy football, bring you the latest in CFL news, and sprinkle in a little bit of nonsense. Are you kidding? This is unbelievable! Ready, set, and we are part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. I'm Travis Curra. Brazilian Ty will not be joining us for this episode that is brought to you by Park Power, a provider of electricity and natural gas in Alberta that offers low rates, awesome service, and profit sharing with local charities. I don't know about you, I like to save money. <laughs> the more of it I can keep in my pocket or in my bank account, the happier I am. And in this province, you get to choose who you buy your energy from. So Park Power has low overhead. So the chances are you're going to save money if you switch. They've got a handy calculator on their website, parkpower.ca. You can uh, put in what you're paying for your energy now. It'll show you how much you will save just by making the switch to Park Power. It's really easy to do. Parkpower.ca. Find out how you can make the switch today. Joining the show this week is Jacob Ruby, starting left guard for the Edmonton Eskimos. Jacob, thanks for uh, joining to and out this week. No problem. Um, I, I kind of want to go back in time to, uh, start this off. Were you always a football kid growing up? Uh, you know, my, uh, the first sport I ever played was, uh, was hockey. I mean, being a Canadian kid, a lot of times that's the case, but, um, I, uh, I kind of, as I started to grow and realize, uh, what my uh, body was going to be like, uh, I think football, I didn't start playing. I played one, one year of football before, um, high school. I think I was in grade, uh, six. Uh, and, and the reason I went out is I had a bunch of friends that were, they were going to go play and they said, you should come play. Like you're big and, you know, and, uh, and I went out and, and played football and I, I got stuck being, uh, being the lineman. I never got to touch the ball. <laughs> Nothing. I think it was a D tackle back then. And, um, and I was like, no, I like I want to play hockey. So I, I kind of gave hockey everything I had for um, up until probably probably the next maybe four years. And then uh, I, I was I went to high school and I said I'm going to play football. Um, just another sport. I, I always took advantage of kind of every season of sports. So um, at that time, in the when football was thing, I didn't have another sport to play, and so I wanted to play football. And then from that. Pretty much that point forward, I was like, "This is this is what I want to do." So, um, a couple couple times, or I mean, later in the later years of hockey, when you realize that you're probably going to be the uh, the uh, instigator, right. fighter kind of guy, I think uh, that was when I realized like 
I could probably do this and be a lot better at it uh, if I was playing football. So that's kind of when I turned things full full on to football, and I ended up um, quitting hockey. And uh, I played uh, football and basketball um, for the most part of high school, and then my last year of high school was just strictly football. So. And uh, you, that's probably the path that a lot of Canadians take in the in the Canadian Football League. I would I would think because uh, yeah, there's a few of them. Yeah, um, you say you get stuck as a as a uh, lineman, and we do see some gadget plays where yeah, you know wow. the big guys yeah. get to score. Have you? You can tried dream, to... right? <laughs> Have you tried to rally? Uh, you know the OC to try to make that happen. No, I don't think uh, I don't. I don't know how uh, I'd have to pull some serious strings to make that happen. Yeah, uh, <laughs> the closest I came was um, was in in college, and we actually had to play. And it was I remember the name of it because it was awesome. It was called it was called sixty two Seawolf. Nice. And uh, I was playing left left tackle, and there was no chance of me getting the ball. But I got to line up uh, as a receiver on the far uh, the far hash and run a bubble screen. And um, that was the closest I, I, I came as a lineman um, to being, I, I guess, one of the cool guys. But, but yeah, no, all the pretty much all the way through high school up until my my last year of um, of high school, I played tight end. So I got my fair share of. Uh, I don't know, being one of the pretty boys, I guess. <laughs> you spent some time in Virginia. Was that a bit of a an adjustment being an Ontario kid? Yeah, it was. Uh, I'd say the biggest adjustment was uh, the Virginia summers. That was uh, a whole new, a whole new thing for me. Um, I kind of remember. I actually played. I played summer football, and our, we our team was pretty good. The London Falcons back then. And um, when I found out, or when I had decided to go to uh, Fork Union. Um, they had report, they, they, they had training camp, I think the beginning of August and, uh, maybe the second week of August and our playoffs, um, were going into, uh, that time. So I, I, I told them I, I, I got to finish the season here and then when I'm done, I can, you know, I'm, I'm going to, I'm coming. So, um, we had ended up playing, uh, we were playing Mississauga. Fun fact, the, uh, Brandon bridge was the quarterback oh, wow. there and, uh, that was my last game. So we played on a Tuesday, and uh, camp had already started, I believe, on the oh, – sorry, we played on a, on a uh, Friday, and camp had started the previous uh, Tuesday and um, down at Fork Union. So basically, after – we actually lost to Brandon Bridge. He'll, if you ever have him on, I'm sure you remember that one. It was a lightning delay, and they called the game. But wow. I'm not going to go back – not back to that one. But basically, got, got done that game and had to uh, – had to go home, pack up, and then I was at um, I was at Fork Union, I think on uh, either the Sunday or the Monday, and it felt like we were in the car the entire time, and I didn't get out until I was in you know the hundred and five ninety percent humidity and kind of got out of the car and was just hit with a wall. So yeah, it was different. That was probably the biggest uh, biggest adjustment was was the. Uh, the summers. So that uh, game against Montreal a few weeks ago, that uh, was nothing for you. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I had. Uh, I was talking with some of the guys like uh, that are from the south, and I know there was a few guys that were just like, "This humidity is ridiculous." I was like, "You obviously have not spent uh, any <laughs> amount of time in the uh, 
in the south. So, yeah, no, it was. Uh, I've, I've definitely experienced uh, more hot and humid days than that. You you, dra- you were drafted in the first round by the Alouettes in 2015. Let's yep. kind of go back to that day. Had you had a conversation with the Owls before the draft? Did, did you know you were going to be a first-round pick? And did you have, like, your family around? We, we kind of see what some people do for draft day. Was it, was it a special day? Yeah, no, it was It was definitely special. I think the, the first time I really um, kind of realized that uh, even, you know, even had thought about getting drafted was – uh, whenever the uh, like the, they do the the player rankings that are coming into the draft, right? And then I saw I, someone showed me, and I, I saw myself there, and then um, kind of realized that uh, under, understanding a little bit of the draft process, I wasn't um, as in tune to it as I am now. But um, yeah, that that was I, I definitely didn't have a clue who I was going to get drafted by, um, but I know that uh, I had known that. Uh, the gym pop um, came to see me. Uh, came to see me play, and uh, we were playing at Elon in North Carolina, which is um, close to where he lives in North Carolina. So there was that there. But at that point, you know, that was before the the combine and stuff. And then you go and talk with all the teams, and you really don't you, you don't have a clue uh, right. where you're going. And um, yeah, but to watch the draft, I, I watched it at my my grandparents' house, and my my whole family was there, and. Um, you're kind of sitting on the edge of the seat, um, waiting to see where you're going to go. And it's uh, right before that, in August of my, I guess before my senior year, I proposed to my wife. So um, we were engaged and she's kind of sitting there. Um, she didn't tell me this till after, uh, probably maybe a few months after I signed in Edmonton is that when Edmonton was up, she was like, I hope we don't go there. All she, knew was, uh, <laughs> she was crossing her fingers, hoping that we, uh, we didn't go there. It was too far north. She'd never heard of it. But, oh, okay. Um, but, yeah, but, um, you know, obviously getting drafted and, and, and being able to play football for a job is is awesome. But uh, now that we're, we're, I mean, we're both in, in Edmonton, and um, we absolutely love it here and uh, wouldn't want to have it any other way. Well, now she's got to know that it's better than Regina or Winnipeg, right? <laughs> well, you know, she's fully, she's fully understand. She's fully aware. We had to educate her up, and, and uh, she knows, she knows the deal now. Yeah. So, since you adjusted to the Virginia summers, was there an adjustment period when you came back to play Canadian ball again? Yeah, um, I, I like like I said when I was when I was in Canada, I had played I played tight end. And believe it or not, I was uh, I was a receiving tight end. So wow. blocking was I did block, but um, you know I guess minimally. But so coming back, even at the combine, I mean the yard off the the ball, which is um, if you ask any American alignment or any guys that have played in the states, that that's the biggest adjustment is um, playing with the yard off the ball. Um, and it was a it was a big adjustment. It, cha- it changes everything. Um, for an offensive lineman, offensive lineman blocking is all about angles and how do you get mm-hmm. to, what angle you take to get to your to your guy. And um, when you're that much farther away from him, it, it changes uh, changes everything. So um, that was definitely a, the, a big adjustment and the, the biggest adjustment that you have to make. And you guys just wrapped up a game with Calgary over the long weekend. You've been with the Eskimos for two years now. I gotta ask. 
Like, do they sit you down and teach you? You have to hate Calgary like nobody else because they, it, it's they crazy. They don't, have to teach you, they don't have to teach you anything. I think you, once you once you come here and you're yeah, uh, you know, you, you just learn some of the history with it, and you talk to any amount of fans um, in Edmonton. Uh, the first thing they're going to say is beat Calgary, and um, so you pick up pretty quick. There's no, uh, there's no sit down and hear the story <laughs> on how we, how we, uh, how we don't like Calgary. It's uh, you, you learn it pretty quick talking to talking to anybody in the city. It's crazy to me. Vontae Diggs, he's he's new to the league. He was already on Twitter last week oh, saying exactly. <laughs> they, they know. You pick up on it quick. Is it fair to say that, yeah, Calgary's the team you want to beat the most? Yeah, I mean, there's obviously, uh, there's a little, you get a little more juice when you play Calgary. There's no, there's no doubt about it, but, um, we've, we've focused a lot this year on, on going one and oh, and every week. Mm-hmm. So there was no, um, you know, there, there was no looking ahead on the schedule at any point this year. Um, but now we're here and, and this is the most important game because it's the, the next game we're going to play and, um, now you get to get even you know more fired up because you get to go right down Highway Two and and, and play against Calgary. I think some people thought that uh, the Eskimos might take some time to gel at the beginning of the year because there was a lot of well there was a lot of changes around the entire league, but it kind of seemed like everything just clicked right away. I heard most yeah. of the team kind of stuck around during the bye week. It seems yeah. like there's just a great chemistry in that Eskimos locker room. Yeah, and I think I was actually talking to somebody about this the other day. Is um, there's just there's a there's so many good dudes on this team, and 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 when you put guys like that that are that are good people um, together, they're gonna gel and they're gonna they're gonna be able to uh, they're gonna have chemistry right away. So um, that was uh, for me definitely. This is like the the when you put a you know. 60 to 80 guys together. I think we ended up 90 something during training camp. When you put those, that amount of guys together, um, some people and every team I've been on might not get along or whatnot, but this is, this is the most uh, cohesive together team I've ever been on. And um, I think that is paying dividends and has paid dividends uh, so far this year. Is that a testament to kind of, Brock Sunderland, he just kind of knows what kind of personalities he wants in the locker room, and he brings them in, and it and it just works. Or is it some leaders in the locker room that kind of just make that happen? I think it's I think it's a combination of of both. I think obviously Brock and, and Coach Moss um, know what they're looking for as far as people, and I think you know I've heard them say uh, even during free agency and stuff and signing guys is the first thing they want to know is is he a good guy and. Right. Uh, they obviously um, they picked up some some good guys both on the field and off the field and um, that does nothing but help you. But the guys that he picked up or that have signed here as free agents and then the guys that we retain that have been around a while know what you know we call the Eskimo way what that is and and how we go about our business and and uh, when you're new to that group and 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 you can see that and you pick it up quick then. That's just better for everybody. 
Our, our friends at the Eskimo Empire podcast always ask what the Eskimo way means to a player. What does it mean to you? Because I know as a fan, you walk into that stadium, there's so much history, the wall of honor, yeah. the banners and the concourse. It's probably hard to not be intimidated by some of that. Yeah, I mean, if you see some of the names on, on, the, on the wall and just see it, the first thing I noticed when I walked in the building is you walk in and uh, they have a plaque for every great cup they've won and there's five consecutive years that, yeah. they, that they won the thing. And it's like, you know, I don't, you can't name another sports franchise, I can't, that, that was able to do that. And, um, but, but the Eskimo way, so you're able to see, um, you know, what it means just to be able to call yourself an Eskimo, to be able to step in that building, step in the, on that field. And, and, and where our colors is, um, you have to do things a certain way because there's a lot of people that, that have done them that way before you. And, um, and the other part of it is, 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 is learning from that and, and doing things the right way and putting the, uh, putting the team first and, um, putting your, yourself and, uh, you know, your personal, personal gain, um, after that. And, uh, this year, um, and more so than any other team I've been on, we've been able to do that, and we want to continue to do that. How much better does it make you as an offensive lineman to go against guys like Mondo and Kwaku and <laughs> have uh, these yeah. guys in your face? It it doesn't hurt, I'll tell you that. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah. Every time they, they ask me or you get asked, who's the, who's the hardest guy to block? Uh, well, my, my answer is Mondo, so... Uh, thankfully, I don't have to block them on, <laughs> on game day. Just just try to block them in practice. But um, no, those. I mean, our D line uh, has been un, unreal uh, across the board, and even guys that we were watching. You know, we watched a lot of clips as a whole team the other day uh, or after games from the game, and uh, you see guys that are rotate rotating guys, guys that go in to give other guys a break, and they don't. You don't notice that. Right, that they're, that they're missing. It's like uh, we're deep on the D line, and and guys that you know, there's there's six, seven starters that that can go in and and they don't skip a beat. And having to go against those guys that could, uh, you know, I mean, Mondo's an all star guy, um, and Mike Moore, uh, I think if he's he's at the top, if if not close in in sacks, and uh, having to block those guys uh, every day is you know, that makes you a better player. I'd say you guys are pretty deep on the O-line as well. I mean, Sir Vincent Rogers is injured, uh, Matt O'Donnell, yet Shaq Cooper comes in and you're able to get almost 150 yards on the ground for him. Uh, these running backs and quarterbacks, you're keeping uh, Trevor Harris pretty clean as well. I mean, do they uh, help you out with some meals or anything? <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, Trevor, Trevor, Trevor takes care of us. Uh, Trevor's a good dude, but um, you know we don't. Uh, if you if you're an old lineman, you kind of buy in that you're. Uh, yeah. You got to show up to work and, and not expect any any credit or or reward. But those guys and, and our team does a good job of, of um, you know acknowledging us and and Trevor does a great job of you know we feel appreciated we we feel we feel wanted so it's a good feeling. Well, you're a six foot seven guy. You got to eat a lot to to fuel yourself uh, when you're on a road trip, what's the best uh, CFL city uh, to go out maybe before or after a game and have a nice meal? You know, we, we stick, uh, we're not big, 
big change people on the right. line. We like we like consistency and we, we like to know what we're gonna get. So pretty much every everywhere we go we we probably eat at the keg. So uh, and we actually had this discussion the other day where the best keg is and um it it was the Montreal keg. They're they're uh they're pretty consistent in there. Um it, when you get you know, we we usually eat with six of us, maybe the quarterbacks and maybe another guy or two and when you get a group like that together, it's uh, bound to you're bound to get an undercooked or an overcooked steak, and, and yeah. uh, the one in Montreal that that hasn't happened. So, Montreal keg, I think, gets our vote for the best keg. And anywhere, uh, well, in Montreal, we also make sure uh, right when we get there to go get some Schwartz's. Oh, so you can't beat that! You, you can't beat that! Yeah. <laughs> so, offensive linemen like uh, consistency. What's uh, your go-to order at the keg there? When I go, oh, I I can't turn down the fillet. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a that's a good one. I'm uh, I'm more of a ribeye guy myself. Oh yeah, so yeah, try, yeah. I'll, I'll get the ribeye, and then you, you like to change it up a, a little bit with the steak. You might go with a New York strip. Uh, you might go with a, a, a sirloin if you're going to go with the keg, the keg classic route. And then uh, if you want to get a salad, uh, I've, I've I've been straying away from that recently. <laughs> I'm going with more appetizers and then yeah. just going the. Uh, the steak with the side. So if I had to pick one, it'd definitely be a ribeye. You know what? I always thought that uh, the offensive linemen were the funnest position, like as far as the group of guys on uh, on the team. Is that fair to say? Or I'd, I'd say that's that's very fair to say. We like, you know, we don't obviously we want to get our work done and, yeah. and be focused and whatnot, but we like to have a good time and like to joke around with one another. We're, we're rarely uptight and and you know take stuff overly serious but um you know i think yeah besides that and and the mindset you have to have when you are an o-lineman that you're going to come to work and and you're you know you're not going to be you're not going to be having cameras in your face or uh you're not going to be in the newspaper a lot so you're going to go you're going to go to work and you're going to be humble about it but and you kind of embrace that and uh and you loosens you up a little bit to be able to joke around and enjoy stuff I know you uh, like the outdoors. What, what do you like to do uh, when you're out and about? Uh, I li- yeah, I like anything outside. I mean, anything I can do with, outside with, with friends or with my family. We've been going to, uh, trying to, if, if the weather's cooperating, to go to uh, Wobman Lake. Um, I like to fish. Uh, the uh, The last time I was there, I think I caught 13 walleye. Oh wow! So it was uh, it was good. It was it was. Uh, we'll go with Beard, uh, David Beard. He's got a little a little fishing boat, so we like to to go out there and putt around on the lake and enjoy the uh, enjoy the outside. Yeah, I think the best fishing stories are the, or that I have are the ones that I couldn't catch. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the ones yep. that break the line, man. <laughs> right. Yeah, we can. If you want, if you want some of those stories about, uh, maybe you should have David Beard on here. I'm sure he can. He can tell you a few uh, a few times he's never caught one or almost <laughs> hooks me in the eye with a with a hook. That'll be another good story. <laughs> uh, what else do you like to do? I know you're a you're a streamer as far as the, the Netflix goes and things like that. What are you watching now? You know, I just we just finished um, Colony, and uh, it's uh, a show basically. Um, the, there's there's aliens that come come to the Earth to 
make humans their um, their labor force because they're, there's an inevitable war with another group of aliens. So um, it's it's pretty cool. It's got uh, it's got one of the guys from Lost in it, and then um, the uh, the wife from Prison Break. So that's a good show. And then uh, we're also up to date on uh, the 100. Is another one too. Man, <laughs> there's so many shows now. I don't know how you keep it all straight. To be honest, so many. Yeah, <laughs> there's so many. You know, we don't get a lot of uh, we don't get a lot. We do. We do have cable, uh, but we don't get a lot of channels, so we stick right. to uh, we stick to Netflix pretty consistently. Uh, one more question: Last year at the Grey Cup, I smashed uh, Zach Evans of the Riders in a pierogi eating contest. Uh, really? Wow. Yes, he wants to do a rematch in Calgary. He wants me to put my uh, my beard on the line. Uh, oh boy, that's a, that's a bold strategy. Yeah. And you, as a bearded guy, I, I feel like, I mean, what should I get him to wager? That's I, I, I don't know Zach too well, but I, I obviously I know what he looks like, and yeah. uh, I don't, he doesn't have anything with enough collateral to to wager against your beard. So that'd be uh, that'd be tough. That'd be a tough one. Um, <laughs> he keeps his hair pretty short too. So he does he go that road either. So if if you could enter an eating contest, say Joey Chestnut is your competitor. Oh, boy. <laughs> what are you eating? Well, not hot dogs, I'll tell you that. No, I couldn't do that either. Yeah. Um, you know what? I'm pretty good uh, Pretty good at wings. Oh, I can take yeah. Take down a few, a few wings. I'd, I'd, probably go, I'd probably go wings. Yeah, that's awesome. The, the bone can get in the way, but... <laughs> That's right. There's a little bit of a work to it, a little bit, a little bit of effort, but uh, that's why I'm not a big, uh, big lobster or crab guy because you got to work for a cumulative 20 minutes to get you know half a pound of meat. I feel like the calories you get is way less than the calories you put out. <laughs> well, that's just dependent on how much butter you put on it, I guess. That's true. <laughs> right. uh, Jacob, thanks so much for taking the time to talk to me uh, today, and best of luck the rest of the way. Appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Thanks again to Jacob Ruby of the Edmonton Eskimos for joining Two and Out this week. We are a part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. I want to point you in the direction of Let's Find Out today. It's a podcast that answers questions about Edmonton's history with host Chris. Just before Canada Day, he did an episode called Bear Country. Of course, August long weekend. I was spending it in Jasper National Park. I love bears. They are, I think, the greatest animal on earth. So he talks to Stuart Steinauer. He actually does bear carvings. They've got one headed to McEwen University, one already uh, at the University of Alberta, and talks to a wildlife biologist as well, talking about how big the historical range of grizzly bears was in Alberta once upon a time. It's a fascinating episode. Check out Let's Find Out, a part of the Alberta Podcast Network. All the shows you can find at albertapodcastnetwork.com. Also, if you want tickets for week nine in the CFL or 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, heck, probably even the Grey Cup, seatgiant.ca, a Canadian-owned ticket company. You head there, it's all in Canadian dollars. You're not going to get any crazy surprises at the end of all of this. And if you use the promo code 
APN, you are going to save yourself 5% and support the Alberta Podcast Network in the process. SeatGiant.ca, promo code APN. Tune Out will be back on Thursday, 8 a.m. Eastern, as Commissioner Ambrosi joins the show. Have yourself a good few days and talk to you Thursday. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.